Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Uh, this morning we're, we're back in Acts, Acts chapter 15, verse 36, uh, through 16, chapter 5. And in terms of the, if you remember the context, if you've been here the past couple weeks, um, last week was in some ways a a high point in Acts. Um, there have been lots of high points in Acts, lots of uh, work of God's Spirit, lots of miracles, lots of healing, the gospel going forth. Last week was a high point in the sense of the church doing things really well. Things were going well. There was dispute, and they resolved it. They got all the apostles and elders together. They debated it. They shared their experiences. They looked to God's Word. They made a decision. Everybody rejoiced, everybody liked the decision, everybody was unified. And as so often happens uh, in, in life that we know, we follow something that seems to go really well with some things that are, are hard or surprising. And so far in Acts, most of what we have seen is outside opposition. Uh, we've seen persecution from the, the Jewish leaders who do not want to become followers of Jesus, uh, we've seen magicians try to stop the spread of the gospel. Um, we've seen kind of this outside opposition and hardship coming to the church. Today, what we see is some problems internally in the church, where the church does not seem to, everything is not hitting on all cylinders anymore. But the message for us is that the beautiful news here is that God is not stopped. He was not stopped by the outside opposition. He's not stopped by the internal struggles of the church. So let's hear God's word uh, for us today and be encouraged by it this morning. Starting from Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observances the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all your many blessings to us. We thank you that you provide for us. We pray that you would speak to us through your word, that this word would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts, that it would sink deep into us to change the way we think and feel and live. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know what all of your uh, experience is with traveling. I imagine that some of you have traveled quite a bit, um, and others of you maybe have not traveled all that much. Uh, but 
I was thinking about travel this morning, and I, I was recalling that when I was, I grew up in Northern Virginia, uh, outside of D.C. That's where I lived my whole life uh, until 18. And then when I was 18, I went off to college in California um, for reasons that are, are not entirely clear to most people, uh, but made sense to me at the time. And one of the, one of the features of going to college in California that I was very excited about is that I got to fly there. Um, we, as a family, we had traveled some as I was growing up. I had been on airplanes before, comfortable in airports and that kind of thing. But one of the things I remember from flying back and forth to California was crossing over the mountains. If you're going to fly from the East Coast to California, as you get past halfway through the country, you get out to the West, you get to a lot of mountains. You get to the Rocky Mountains, you get to the Sierra Nevada Mountains. As you fly down into Los Angeles, where I went to college, it's surrounded by mountains. There's mountains all around, right, as you come into Los Angeles, big mountains. Uh, the, my, my college was nearly at sea level, and right next to us was a mountain up to 10,000 feet. Um, and so flying over the mountains on a clear day is stunningly beautiful. And you just, and they just look, it's, you just see all these mountain peaks, and it's just the beauty spread out before you, and you're flying along. But let me tell you that driving through those mountains or walking through those mountains is something entirely different, uh, both of which I have done. And it's one thing to, to walk on established trails, to drive on highways that find their way through the passes. It's still hard. It's still slow. But then you read the stories of the early settlers who went west in their covered wagons and had to find their way through the mountains on foot and on horseback and by wagon. And it was terribly, terribly difficult. And so one of the things we see here in Acts, when we look at this and we, we read the story and it goes kind of fast. And as we read through it, it can almost feel like we're getting the airplane view. Oh, Paul and Barnabas had a fight. Oh, they split up and now they're going on their way. Oh, Paul found Timothy and he, he circumcised him. And then the churches were strengthened. And there's a sense in which that's right. We see God's perspective of how the church is advancing and moving. But if we reflect on what's really happening here, what was this like for Paul and Barnabas to split up? Barnabas, who had shepherded Paul into his faith, who had introduced him to the church in Jerusalem. Barnabas and Paul, who had been set apart together by the Holy Spirit directly and commissioned by the church at Antioch and went and experienced hardship and struggle and great success in their first missionary journey. And now they're splitting up. Paul took Timothy and circumcised him. But Paul did what? In the last chapter, Paul was fighting tooth and nail for converts to not have to be circumcised. He was fighting against those who said that converts, Gentile converts, had to be circumcised. If you read the book of Galatians, you will hear even more strong words of Paul railing against those who require circumcision. And here he just takes Timothy and without, without much explanation, he just circumcises him. Why? Because of the Jews. Oh, okay, we'll circumcise him. Now, Paul, isn't that, isn't that a little inconsistent? Uh, aren't, isn't there division in the church and inconsistency in the church? And so for us, when we're experiencing these things, we feel, we feel like we're walking through mountains and all the peaks seem high and they seem insurmountable. And maybe it's division in the church. Maybe it's a sense of inconsistency where we're struggling with inconsistency for ourselves or inconsistency for others. 
maybe it's just other things like the challenge of joining a church on Google Meet instead of on Zoom when you were planning to go to Zoom and now you have to find your way over to Google Meet. And these things seem insurmountable in the, time, in the moment. And so the message for, Acts, for us this morning, even in hard times, is that God's strength overcomes human weakness. That is the good news for us. And we can take comfort in that. We can rest in that. We can trust in his goodness because God's strength overcomes human weakness. Whether we're talking about attacks from the others and our, from the outside and our failure to deal with them, even whether we're talking about division and dissension, even now as we talk about, uh, how, as churches are talking about how to go back to meeting together in person, there's bound to be disagreement and division in some cases. We're probably not all going to be on the same page. But we can take comfort that God's strength overcomes human weaknesses. And so as we reflect on that more here, there's really, in some ways, this is two stories put together. In some ways, they hang together because they both communicate the same message of God's strength. But the two stories, of course, are Paul and Barnabas separating and Paul choosing Timothy and circumcising him. And the first one illustrates that God's strength overcomes not just human weakness, but overcomes human division. So God's strength overcomes division, and then God's strength overcomes human inconsistency. We see division and inconsistency. And if you're looking for the third point this morning, I've only got two. So it's just division and inconsistency. God's strength overcomes them both. So let's, let's reflect a little bit more on Paul and Barnabas here. I already kind of said that the challenge, that this was hard. This was a hard situation. And what's notable about the text here is that it makes, it makes no judgment in this text about who was right. It simply records the facts as so often in biblical stories. The fact is Barnabas wanted to take John Mark and Paul didn't want to take him. And they both had good reasons. John Mark was a good helper. He was a, a pillar in the early church. It was at his mother's house where the church gathered to pray for Peter when he was in prison. When Peter was released by the angel from prison, we saw back in Acts chapter 12, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. That was where the church was gathering. John Mark, we now know simply by his shorter name of Mark. He wrote the gospel of Mark. Despite Paul not wanting to take him, he went with Barnabas. He remained a faithful member of the church so much that he got to write down one of the Gospels later on. So it's not like Acts is saying here that Mark is a bad guy. In fact, Paul himself will commend him in other letters that we see later in the New Testament. And yet Paul has good reasons too. Mark had abandoned their work. He had abandoned them, and Paul thought, Look, let's not take the guy who abandoned us. He's probably going to do it again. We don't, we don't really know any of the details for sure of why Mark abandoned them, why he still wanted to come with them again. We don't know, but it seems like Paul and Barnabas both had good reasons, and yet they could not come to agreement. And, and so the, the takeaway for us has to be here, not that we should disagree, not that we should needlessly seek division, but the comfort that God is in God's strength overcomes our divisions. Paul and Barnabas could not agree, so they went their separate ways. And what was the result? 
Well, now, instead of two missionary teams, instead of one missionary team, there were two. Did you notice that? Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. That was exactly what Paul and Barnabas had done on their first trip. He is doing exactly what Paul suggested. Let's go and visit the churches. Paul chose Silas, went through Syria and Cilicia. He just went the other way. If you remember when we saw that first journey, Paul and Barnabas went on a circle. They went on a circle. They didn't quite get to Antioch, and they, they reversed back. And so Barnabas goes and retraces their steps. Paul goes the other way around the circle. There are now two faithful missionary teams out there instead of one. So does that mean that, there, uh, that division is good, that division is something we should seek and strive for? No. We just saw the example of unity. Of course, we want the unity of the church. Division is painful and not something we seek. But we can take comfort that God can use even our division for his purposes. This is, this is how a lot of, a lot of new churches, uh, not, not our particular church, um, but if you uh, are, we're, we're a church plant, and uh, a church plant is a new church that is started. In our case, our new church was started in an act of unity by other churches in the region getting together and saying, we want to see a new church. We're going to support it. We're going to encourage people to come to it. Uh, we're all on the same page here. But if you, uh, if you start talking to people who are in church plants and reading about church plants, you may come across the term church splant, S-P-L-A-N-T. And a church splant is when you take a church split, where a church is dividing and say, ooh, let's call that a plant. Um, let's say we're planting a church when all those involved kind of know that part of the backstory is there was a split. And sometimes we can, we can look down on that sometimes, say, man, you're just, you're just trying to cover up your own division. And sometimes that's true. It's not always something that we should seek. But the presence of many faithful church splants in the world today show God's sovereignty, God's control, God's strength, that even when our motives are mixed, even when it comes out of a place of disagreement and pain, that God can create new churches and more people participating in his kingdom through our weaknesses, through our division. So what does this mean for us? What does it mean to say, we, should, we shouldn't seek division, but God can use it. What, what do we do with that? One of the things we do with that is to not be terrified of it. To not be willing, it, does, it means that we don't have to seek unity at all costs, so to speak. If there are times that we just can't work together, sometimes it is better to walk apart. Sometimes it is better when you're, when you're just continually butting heads in a church to say, you know what? I'm going to love this church, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go to a different, on a different direction for myself. Sometimes that's what needs to happen. Sometimes unity at all costs is not the right answer, because we trust that God is in control. And the other part is, as one, is we, we, we don't give in to the temptation to, 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 to give up what is good, to give up what is right, to give up the ways that God has called and gifted us in the name of unity or in the name of peace at all costs. It also has a lot to do with our attitudes. How do we think, how do we react in hard times? Yes, we can be sad about division. We can be sad about disagreement, but we can have faith that God is at work, that God's strength will overcome our human weakness. And we can see that that's not the end of the story, even right here in Acts. 
This is not just a call to say, hey, do your own thing and God will take care of it. Burn all the bridges and, and see what happens because the very next thing we see is that God's strength overcomes our inconsistency. Where Paul goes on his journey, commended to the grace of God by the brothers at Antioch, and he finds this guy, Timothy. Now, Timothy was a believer. He was the son, his mother was a believer, but his father was a Greek, neither Jewish and, and probably not even a believer, since he, it says but there, but his father was a Greek in 16 verse 1. Uh, since he was in uh, Lystra, presumably Ju Timothy and his mother and his grandmother, we will later learn, um, presumably they came to faith when Paul was, and Barnabas were preaching the first time in Lystra. And this has now been, by the time Paul finished that, remember he had enough time to go back through and appoint elders, and then he went back to Antioch, and then there was a disagreement at Antioch, and then they went to Jerusalem. It's been a few years since Paul has been to Lystra. So Timothy has matured, and he has been to the point where he was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium, which was nearby. So Timothy is, is becoming a mature believer, and Paul says, hey, I want you to come with me to learn from me. We will see later on through Acts and through Paul's letters that Timothy became one of his most faithful disciples, the man who would go on to, to take on a much of Paul's role in supporting churches in, that Paul had planted. What did he do? He took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Paul, what's going on? Like I said, Paul had just, the, the fight in Jerusalem, the Jerusalem council was largely about whether Gentiles had to be circumcised. And they concluded that they did not, that circumcision is not part of being a faithful follower of Jesus. So why does Paul take him and circumcise? Why this inconsistency? Why doesn't Paul hold to his principles, hold to the rightness of what the council has delivered? And the reason, the, the, the reason is love. Paul decides here that love trump triumphs over rights. That his love for the Jews, the Jews who he wanted to bring to faith in Jesus, for love of them, he was going to have Timothy circumcised. That he would not present any kind of stumbling block. So there's two, two important things to realize here in Paul's inconsistency. One, he says it was to accompany, he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews. And I think because he doesn't specify it, that these are the Jews who were not believers in Jesus. He's not doing this to accommodate the party of the Pharisees who were telling people that they must be circumcised. He was doing this for the sake of love for those outside the church, for the sake of outreach to them, that he might be able to not let that be a distraction, but to be able to clearly present the good news of Jesus without the question of this Timothy who they thought because his mother had been circumcised, they certainly thought Timothy should be circumcised. They would look at him as a Jew. So one is that these were people outside the church that Paul was seeking to love and reach out to. And so he made an accommodation out of love. He gave up his rights. Timothy gave up his rights to not need to be circumcised. The other key thing here is that nobody made Timothy be circumcised. Paul's argument was with those who were requiring it. If you look back at the beginning of 15, at 15 verse 1, what we saw last week, the, the men who were, the, the party of the Pharisees were saying, unless you were circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. 
They were trying to draw boundaries and require it. And Paul said, no, 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 no. We're not doing this because we are required. But now, even if it seems inconsistent, we are going to do it out of love. Because love triumphs over our rights. Our rights that we hold to, that we are given, we will give those up for the sake of others. Paul will later on go and say in one of his letters in Corinthians, he'll say that to those under the law, I became like one under the law. To those not under the law, I became like one not under the law. I became all things to all men so that by whatever means possible, I might save some. Paul shows us that whatever rights we have, we are willing to give those up to love other people for the greater sake of God's kingdom, for the good of those people that they might hear the good news and respond to it. And we see the result. We see what happens. There's no, there's no report of consternation or struggle on the part of Paul or Timothy. Instead, verse 5, 16, 5, the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. When we trust ourselves to God's strength to overcome our weakness, even in the face of division, even in the face of inconsistency, then we can fly. We can raise up out of the mountains the struggle, the slog of seeing all of those peaks look equally high and we raise up on God's wings and we see from his perspective that his kingdom is advancing. But you know what's funny? As I, as I, as I talk about seeing the mountains from the airplane and the beauty of it, some of you may have been thinking, you know what, I don't like airplanes that much. It's not very pleasant. And that's true. That's true. Even when we rise up into the airplane, even when Christ, who came down and walked among us, who experienced the hardships of slogging through the mountains, of slogging through the pain, even when he lifts us up with him and he's carrying us on his wings, it's still bumpy. We still feel the pain. We can know that we are flying. We can know that our life is secure with Christ. We can tell ourselves, we can tell other people that Christ has done this for us, that God's kingdom is advancing that Jesus has saved us from our sins. We can tell everybody that, but it still feels bumpy. And you know what the hardest part of the airplane is? It's that you're not in control. You have no choice in the airplane, unless you are a pilot. And I don't think we have the pilots here today. We got other people, but no pilots today. So unless you're, but for most of us, when we're in an airplane, we have no control. And in our Christian life, it's the same thing. So this morning, if you're not a Christian, the invitation is not to an easy life, but it is to soar, to soar above the slog that you feel right now. You will still feel bumps. You will still feel scared. But if you put your faith in Jesus to fly you through the trials of this life, then you will see great things. You will see the mountains spread out below you. You will see the kingdom of God advancing. That is the call to each one of us today to put our faith in Jesus, whatever trials we may see, whatever mountain peaks are in front of us, and trust that he will carry us through. God's strength overcomes all of our weakness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that your strength overcomes our weakness. We thank you that you love us and care for us, that even in the face of division and inconsistency, you are greater, you are stronger. Would you give us the faith to trust in you? Would you give us the eyes to see how you are at work? That we may fly with you and see great things from your kingdom.
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.